What is good? Welcome to the Always Gaining Podcast. My name is Austin Goodwin. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you're here to learn about lifting, nutrition, habit building, or productivity, you are in the right place. If not, stick around. You still might learn something worthwhile. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening to. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the third episode of the Always Gaining Podcast. I am your host, Austin Goodwin. And first of all, I want to thank you. Wherever you're listening to this podcast at, I appreciate you. You are the person that helps me do what I do the best. And if you've listened to the first two episodes, you know that always gaining is something that's always going to be evolving in my mind. My focus, my approach, and I've been faced with two options really in starting this podcast. I can sit around and I can try to perfect my focus and ooh, I'm going to do this exactly, or I had the option to just start talking and start having conversations and listen to what people and my listeners want to hear. And this is me being completely straightforward with you. I'm just going to break the fourth wall as it is. My experience and what I want to do is all over the place. And the last thing that I want to get into is something that a hundred other people are already talking about and they're saying exactly what I'm saying. It's all good if you have a common subject, but what's important is to have a special, a unique take on it. I saw a quote on Twitter and I forgot the exact wording of the quote, but essentially the way to be unique is to take everything that you're passionate about, that you're an expert in, or that you're learning about and find the cross-section between all of these things. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, is I'm just going to be myself behind this microphone. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, tell me so I can change it. (laughs) This is where I want to come to today's topic. Why fitness sucks for most people. And this was sort of kind of requested through the question of why can't I stick with a routine? So I decided to take that idea and I really want to blow it up. I went with this idea because I consider myself good at identifying problems. It's probably one of the only things that I think I'm actually good at and not just learning and getting along with. So in my job as a creative, I often have to look at designs and I have to figure out, okay, what's off about this design? What feels off? What looks off? In my passion as a weightlifter and a person who loves working out, I have to figure out why a particular range of motion on an exercise or why a particular routine might be hurting someone or why somebody can't stick with it. Also, in my quest as a lifelong flexible dieter, a lover of pizza and everything in between, it helps me to understand why people might binge eat on certain foods or why they might not stick to a diet that keeps them focused on their goals. So my process in identifying problems often goes with figuring out first on the surface what the problem is or what people think the problem is. Then find out why the problem is happening, okay? You have to have the cause to the effect. Then you reverse engineer the problem to find a solution. But 
instead of taking the traditional route and completely trying to overhaul what people do, you have to chip away at that problem. You have to find small but important steps to take the right direction because you can't just expect somebody to turn over a new leaf with a habit to just magically fix things. That's not how it works, but that's often how problem solving is purported and I'm not a fan of it because you have to do very small things sustainably over time. And in my mind, there's a room right now. In that room, there's an elephant and it's a very, very big elephant. I don't want to conflate all the different perspectives on why fitness sucks for most people to start with. When you look at the problem simply, what is the most common sense, obvious answer as to why fitness sucks for most people or inversely, why most people suck at fitness? And I want to interchange these terms because as you'll come to understand through listening to my conversation with myself today, it's more on people than it is the catch-all term of fitness. Nothing is inherently wrong with fitness, it's the people's approach to fitness. Why don't people want to work out or run or eat properly or work on themselves? It's laziness and it's complacency. And no, it's not nice or exactly right to say that, but it is the truth. Now there are infinite reasons why people may be this way and each person is complacent or lazy to an extent. I mean, I'm sitting here behind the microphone and I'm going to tell you I didn't want to wake up and record this podcast. It's a long process and it takes a lot of energy. Laziness and complacency is just natural. But me being lazy is saying, oh man, I don't feel like getting in my vehicle to go to the gym today. But you know I'm going to do it because that's what I love to do. And of course, one of the grand questions is, why is this person lazy or why is this person complacent? Because there are infinite contexts and situations why a person might be acting the way they are, whether it's permanent or temporary. Ironically so, because it is the most common reason that people suck at fitness, I think we all have the greatest understanding of it. Some people just see the effort that living a fit lifestyle requires and they say, oh, nah, fam, I'm good, I'm good. And it's obvious to many of us that we want to continue on the current course of action. It's comfortable. We follow the path of least resistance. Until you confront the part of you that says, no, I don't want to change in my life. I don't want to challenge myself and get better as a result. Everything else that you can learn in fitness is secondary to that mentality. Now, can the reason why people elect to be lazy and passive when it comes to their fitness be because they don't understand it? Absolutely. And 20 years ago, that could pass as an excuse. Well, sort of, but not today. Because today, and of course you can't see me in person, but I'm holding up my phone. We have the world's knowledge in our fingertips. And if you really search, how can I not feel like a slab of human flesh with no confidence and drive? You could probably find a Google page for it. The problem isn't that people don't have resources or information. The problem is two things. People either choose not to utilize the information that's out there, or people aren't willing to fail a few times before they get it right. And why is this? Because our human survival, and we're getting super tribal here for a second, but our human survival is no longer dependent on how physically active we are. 
We're not throwing spears and we're not hunting beasts anymore. We don't even really have to control our diet to necessarily survive. I still know dudes from high school living at home, crashing on a diet of frozen chicken nuggets, Doritos, and Mountain Dew. Especially now, after COVID, after our entire lifestyles have changed, it's pretty obvious that a significant portion of people, including myself, can work from home. And honestly, they never have to leave their home. They don't have to go out because we are in the midst of the digital age and the greatest physiological shakeup in human history. Oh, that's cool, Austin, but we still need to take care of ourselves if we don't want to be lonely or we don't want to have friends. And to that I say, misery loves company. People who don't want to change find other people who don't want to change. Convenience has overtaken the pursuit of greatness that is in the pit of each and every one of our stomachs. So let's, let's come back to the surface, get out of the tribal language here because this isn't the core of what I'm getting at with fitness. Thankfully, most people I talk to aren't lazy slabs of flesh. They want to do something about fitness, about their life, about their profession, whatever it may be. But often, people don't know where to start, which I can respect, because it can be intimidating, a little bit daunting to completely begin a new lifestyle. There are so many elements to how we see fitness. Some people just see fitness as working out, running, lifting, physically, whatever in that capacity. Some people see it as eating healthy and restricting your diet and consuming wholly nutritious foods. And some people see fitness as this huge grandiose lifestyle, something that you're either all in on or you're not. For me, Fitness can be summarized by these elements and perceptions. First, exercise. Number two, diet. And then number three, your personal health. Your physical activity, your nutrition, and your emotional mental health. That's it. It's important to understand all these perceptions first so we can look at our own biases. No matter how much you're into this fitness thing, we're all affected by our preferences. What some people may find easy with exercising more, others may find ease in balancing their mental health and self-perception. And before we even go down this road, there are tons of people who look absolutely incredible physically, and they know how to diet, but they have a completely distorted perception of themselves, and they hate how they look and feel. So I don't want to correlate that just because people are, quote, fit, doesn't mean that they're necessarily fit or healthy or have their stuff together. I don't want to pair the mastery of one of these fitness elements with balance and harmony with oneself because they're not one and the same. Reason number one fitness sucks for most people is because they are out of balance and inconsistent. And that is one of the golden nuggets here on why most people suck at fitness. I've observed that people have the discipline for at least one of the three fitness elements. They can clean up their diet easily, they can go bust their rears in the gym or on the track, or they can find or already have a great personal life balance. The real reason most people suck at fitness is because they think they only have to master one discipline to see the results they want, and in most cases that's simply not true. 
You can't just work out or just eat better or just love yourself more and accept who you are to be really balanced at this fitness thing. It's not a one or nothing approach. Most fit people you see out here in the world understand that a fit life is all about balancing the three elements, their nutrition, their activity, their mental health. They don't go crazy insane training twice a day for five days a week and then go partying all weekend. It's not how it works. They don't hit 100% perfection on their diet during the week and then binge on Oreos all weekend because they're not happy with themselves. Perfection is not the goal. And let's understand here, you do not have to be perfect in all three things. Instead, you must be consistently good with them. And this is one of those pivotal moments that everyone faces. They're staying consistent. They're starting out the marathon, as I like to say. Hit the ground running, doing well, everything's coming along, and then they have a bad day. They get gassed. They have a bad week at that. They don't hit any runs or any workouts or anything at all for a week. Or they have a week where they're off track with their diet and they don't eat the healthiest foods, they don't track their calories, and they don't stick to the routine that they've set out for themselves. And the problem isn't that people have a bad week. Again, on this podcast and in my own approach to training, I believe in being as practical as possible. Most people aren't trying to be pro athletes or bodybuilders or marathoners. The problem isn't falling off track. It's not getting back on track. And it's not even like someone has to have an all or nothing week to lose their motivation. They can have a great diet for a week with minimal eating out, they're crushing their calories, but let's say they don't have or make the time for the gym. They can still feel like a total failure. In my mind, and in this thing we call life, one is greater than zero, always. Should you shoot to achieve consistency in all of your goals? Absolutely. You have to be more consistent than not consistent to make progress. Simultaneously, we're humans, and we have our moments, and that's alright. I really want to point to an amazing human, speaking of humans, that I've had contact with for years now. Jordan Syatt, at Syatt Fitness, S-Y-A-T-T Fitness, everywhere you could possibly look, who trained in powerlifting for years, has a coaching approach that centers everything around sustainability and consistency. And if anyone does the basics better than Jordan, I've never met them. The way he teaches the fundamental truths behind diet and calories and his user-friendly approach to fitness is completely unprecedented and something I've tried to apply to my own approach, which is much different than the rice and chicken and broccoli dieting kid that I was years ago. Now shout him out right now because he has numerous one-liners that will make you go, holy crap, you're right, when it comes to fitness. And here I want to plug, one donut doesn't make you fat, just like one salad doesn't make you skinny. You're always one meal away from being right back on track. And between taking away food stigma, teaching healthy food relationships, showing how to have sustainable weight loss and muscle gain, and generally decreasing the anxiety around diet and exercise, his approach is the most genuine and sincere of anyone I've met but not met. Without what I've learned from Jordan Syatt, 
I wouldn't be here talking to you about fitness and what I do. And in my most resounding voice, the way I'd summarize reason number one, fitness sucks for most people, perfection is too often the goal instead of balance. Speaking of balance and getting into more consistency, reason number two, fitness sucks for most people is simple. Too much, too fast. And sadly, I see this as often as I see, oh, I got a little bit discouraged, so I quit from people. They're basically one and the same, honestly. The resounding problem in the fitness industry, ironically, is how it's marketed. And being in marketing and advertising, but also absolutely loving fitness, I cringe every single day. It's so cliche, I don't even have to say it, but I'm going to because you know the marketing lingo. With metabolics, I lost 14 pounds in 14 days. Or how about, use this seven day juice cleanse to reset your metabolism and burn your tummy fat. In reality, metabolic products that you find at GNC just drive your heart rate up. And that's about it. And juice cleanses make you liquid dump for days on end to drop your weight. And that's how I'd summarize 85% of fitness marketing. A constant liquid dump. The fitness industry markets fitness as a quick fix. A four-week, 30-day, overnight solution to all of your life's problems. Oh, well, if you take this product. And what we're really hammering into with reason number two is the overnight mentality. And this mentality isn't just taken on by people who are susceptible to fitness marketing. It boils over into how practical people think too. If I, personally, go from not tracking calories at all, not exercising at all, to tracking every single macro, weightlifting five times a week, running two hours a day, I think I can be in my ideal body in less than a month. And of course there's some exaggeration there, but not as much as you think. Because it's completely impractical. Maybe you've been in this position. But the too much too fast approach is rooted in not understanding the fundamental truth to making habits stick. Oh, and impatience. Lots of impatience. It's understandable because it's just socially acceptable now to have the diet starts Monday mentality. The thought is, I'm going to hit the ground running. And while enthusiasm is great, this is the number one reason habits don't stick. Unless you are unusually and even military disciplined, hit hit, you're probably not. This approach isn't right. I'm all for people making goals and working hard, but I see it like this. This whole fitness thing isn't for 30 days or three months or even a year. It's for life. And life is a long time to make change. We don't want it to take our whole life to make change and it doesn't have to, but we have to respect that there is a process. The body and lifestyle you want to have is like building your dream home. The exciting things are the state-of-the-art kitchen, a huge master bedroom, this amazing natural lighting all throughout the house. This is the fitness equivalent of having abs and seeing definition in your legs, your waist size going down, and your arms getting more muscular and toned. It's very easy to get caught up in that. And you ignore the fact that before all of this, before the fancy house, before the nice body, you need a foundation to build it upon. Your home has to have a base, frame, walls, all these very important things before you get into enjoying the decor and accessories. 
for your body, this is understanding how diet and body composition centers around calorie intake. How understanding that nothing worth having comes overnight and that consistency is the number one thing that you can supplement your body with. I'd rather spend six months going after a goal and reaching it than trying and failing to reach that goal in a month six different times. And I had to talk about goals here because that leads us into reason number three, why fitness sucks for most people. Having unrealistic goals and a lack of systems. I've talked about the three elements of fitness in this episode, your physical activity, your nutrition, and your emotional and mental health. People's goals are centered around these elements, and they're either benchmark focused or they're habit focused. Benchmark goals, something like, I want to decrease my mile time by 30 seconds or a minute, or I want to be able to do 40 push-ups in a row. These are the benchmark goals. Habit focused goals are more like, I want to walk 20 minutes a day, or I want to journal every night, or I want to meal prep one meal a week. And I don't want to pinpoint the type of goals as the problem, because it's not. We could go into what's more important, establishing habits or chasing benchmarks. It's actually the scope of those goals that becomes the problem. Just like with the house metaphor, I'm a firm believer that achieving 100 small goals is better than reaching one huge goal. It's in these hyped up goals and crazy transformational ideas that people get lost. It's great to want to be significantly better than you are now, to want to be 100% better than where you're at today. But in the quest of 100% increase, we lose track of how substantial 1% can be. Because if you apply 1% 100 times, that's 100% better. It's the same result, just broken down into bite-sized pieces. This translates to goals fairly easily. Let's take the goal, I want to track all my meals and calories. Something not unheard of when you get into eating healthier and you actually want to be aware of your diet. Now let's say you're starting at a base of you track nothing at all right now. The record shows that you will be far more successful if you break your goal down into a system that you can realistically implement. Instead of jumping head first into the deep end, let's walk into the pool. For a week, your goal is to track one of your meals, not, not all of them. Now this is pretty easy. Anyone can take three to five minutes to log their food and their calories. And you get used to that. That becomes your normal. Eventually, tracking that one meal is gonna be very easy. This is where you step up to the next phase in the goal. I'm going to track two of my meals every day. I mean, you're already tracking one every day consistently. Your journal, your app, or whatever you're logging with is open already. How much more difficult is it? And then eventually, you're tracking the majority of your meals. Two out of three, two out of four meals a day, whatever you do, that becomes normal. And soon, it becomes every single meal. Let's bring this to the macro. Having a 30 pound weight loss goal is phenomenal and I'm not supporting the fact that everybody has to lose weight or that inherently losing weight is always a good thing. But let's just take it because weight loss is a very common goal for a lot of people. The expectation that losing 30 pounds is the marker for success is completely unrealistic to me. If you ask someone who felt like they needed to lose 30 pounds 
How would you feel if you lost 10 pounds? They'd probably be happy with that too. The point is, 10 pounds has to come before 30 pounds. Running a little bit each day has to come before you can chop down your mile time. Making it to the gym has to happen before you can crush 40 push-ups. As one of my role models in marketing and advertising and business, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk says, macro vision, micro execution. This means in the big, in the clouds, have a great vision, but in the dirt, work your face off. Chop down your long-term vision into short-term habits. Then take those short-term habits, break them down into these bite-sized pieces so that it's stupidly simple to make a teeny weeny bit of progress. And some people might argue, well, it's just better to rip the band-aid off than peel it off. And to that I argue, the only reason that you got cut to begin with and that you even have to rip a band-aid off is because you set a goal that was far too lofty and tried to implement a system that conflicted way too much with what your normal is to get anywhere close to consistent. Having the rip the bandaid off or dive into the deep end mentality seems ideal from the outside looking in, but people who believe that way, people who believe that you can just dive head first into something that you have absolutely no idea about, have likely never done it themselves. So just keep that in mind. Goal setting 101 is this. Use systems to make it as easy as possible to get marginally better, then do that for a long time. 1%, 1%, 1%. And there we have it. The three reasons fitness sucks for most people. Number one, personal imbalances in the approach and consistency. Number two, too much, too fast, too, too, too. Number three, having unrealistic goals and a lack of systems to implement them. Ultimately, balance is a revolving theme here for a reason. If one of your personal elements of fitness is out of whack, you need to focus on restoring homeostasis in your exercise, your diet, your personal health, whatever it may be. What does this mean? It means don't exercise to the point that you're so fatigued that your personal life, your work life suffers. I see people who work out twice a day and do hours of cardio and say, oh my god, I'm so tired all the time, I don't understand it. And it's because you're working yourself to death. Don't get so obsessed with dieting, unless you're doing a bodybuilding show, which you're probably not. Don't get so obsessed with dieting that you can't chill out for a night and hang out with your friends or your significant other for dinner or have a glass of wine or whatever it may be. Don't neglect your personal happiness, like taking a break from working or having a weekend to relax or embracing a little side passion. Don't neglect that to the point that you hate everything to do with fitness in your life because you're so rigid and structured. It's tempting to go balls to the wall on something new because you're excited and you want to make progress. But really, ask yourself if your approach is one that you're going to keep in all of your habits and everything that you're pursuing. Why do only 8% of New Year's resolutioners keep their resolutions? It's over-enthusiasm and it's a lack of practicality. Eating super clean is a nice goal, but you have to take steps to get there. If you wanna eat super clean, you should focus on prepping a meal, not your entire diet, but prepping one meal 
out of your day each day, or reducing the amount of sugary drinks that you drink every day, or eating more protein, which will result in your meals being more satiating, which can lead to you eating fewer calories, or you can reduce the amount of food that you binge on, because what is the easiest way not to binge on a comfort food is by not having the comfort food in front of you. What you have to understand is having small goals leads to greater consistency. When you add greater consistency over time, that's where you get progress. You have to build all of these things together. Finally, your mental health is the most important thing for you to come to grips with. I began lifting because the quality of my mental health was not good. I was a 17 year old kid and I had no purpose. But don't set the entire foundation of your happiness around exercise. It's important to audit your life. What takes the most of your time and your energy? What makes you happy and sad? And most importantly, and what elements of your life can you control? It was first the Roman and Stoic philosophers that said that much of our suffering arises from the attempt to control what we cannot control. The future, the uncertainty, that's where our unhappiness lies in. You might not associate being fit with mental health awareness, but I assure you that mental health is the most solid indicator of the type of progress you will make over time. Having been on both ends of the mental health spectrum, I hope to have constructive dialogue about mental health practices that have helped me. Because the whole point of this fitness thing is greater happiness. Sure, having bigger muscles or being stronger, or being able to run faster or feeling better is great, but what does this all lead to? It leads to more confidence in yourself your ability to sustain something for a long period of time, and ultimately greater happiness. I hope this sheds light on the importance of balance when it comes to fitness, because fitness should be an addition to your life that increases the quality of it, not the core of your life that deprives your ability to live a little, or something that you fear or you can't stick to so much that it makes you feel bad about yourself. With that being said, thank you for listening to episode three of the Always Gaining Podcast. I appreciate you so much. If you love the episode, please share it on your social media, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, your dad, your boss, your co whatever. And if you're extra cool, leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to. Wherever you are right now listening, I wish you health, I wish you happiness, and as always, you can hit me up on social media, on Instagram, Austin Trey Goodwin. I will answer any questions. I will talk with you about literally anything to your heart's desire. I want to help you. I want to help other people. I appreciate you listening to this episode of the Always Gaining Podcast. Gaining Podcast.